0: Today on the Comms Careers podcast, we are delighted to have Dr. Anasu Verghese join us. As an accomplished communicator and pro size certified change management practitioner, he's renowned globally for his prowess in internal communications
1: and personal branding. With a robust 22 year track record, at the IABC, the 8 uh communicator of the year, has left an incredible mark on the industry. Notably, he started and runs his own consultancy, Interscrope, focusing on empowering organisations through effective communication strategies. Based now in Sydney, Australia, his expertise was honed with leadership positions at leading multinational firms in India, Poland and the UK. In industries as diverse as technology, banking, consulting and retail. His pragmatic approach extends to workshops, speaking engagements, mentoring, emphasising practical insights. His contributions are not only reflected in prestigious awards, but also in authored books, such as Inclusive Internal Communications, published in 2023. Get Intentional, published in 2021 and Internal Communications Insights and Practices and Models, 2012. We were therefore
0: delighted when Anisu freed up his busy calendar to come and join us on the podcast. So let's delve right in and let the man himself share some career wisdom with you
1: all. Before we get into today's career conversation, don't forget that the Comms Career Podcast is brought to you by Joe Hall and Lisa McMillan.
0: Between us, we are as passionate as you are about finding fulfilment at work
1: and loving what you do. But any career transition, be that a new role, redundancy or a return to work, can really cause unhelpful levels of self-doubt and worry. Joe's coaching will shift you from all of that overthinking and uncertainty to feeling really, really empowered with the clarity to know what you want and need to thrive and the confidence to go and get it. And of
0: course, if you're looking for a new comms role or hiring and looking for the right professionals to join your team, Lisa's extensive international comms network and over 20 years of headhunting experience and background in comms could open the door to exactly what you're searching for. Together, with a genuine care for the people that we work with, we connect the right people to their dream roles and help set them up for success. Welcome, Anasu, to today's episode of the Comms Careers podcast. We've tried not to get too excited about having you on the show today, (laughs) having read your books, having cited them in my master's, well, one of them anyway. um, It's just amazing to find some time in your calendar for you to to say yes to coming on the show so your career is highly esteemed uh, I'm trying not to get too much in awe of you <laughs> and I'm sure we're not even gonna come close to covering all the highlights in your career but um, I am we're gonna delve into some of it and and I know you're gonna share some amazing wisdom and and advice for our listeners but I know you and Lisa met in a in a past life. Um, where did where did you both meet? What's the connection there?
2: Well, that was um, at the APACD conference in Singapore and I, I've been speaking at various conferences around the world and uh, that happened to be one of the uh, places where I kind of shared some perspectives on internal comms. And yeah, so I met Lisa there and that's how we connected and we've uh, you know, continued the association ever since. On, no, th- uh, no, I was just saying th- thank you, Joe and Lisa, for having me on the show, firstly, and I, I think I'm really honored to be part of this uh, you know, program that you run. It's a fantastic podcast, and I'm delighted to be part of this.
0: Thank you. Thank you so thank you. much. Yeah, I think it's an interesting take, isn't it? Because often podcasts, especially in the, the comms arena, are very much focused on the practicalities or the latest trends or the insights, you know, but we wanted to really have this very personal take on people's careers because there's so much wisdom we can share with one another to help progress the profession, I believe, not just us as individuals, but the profession as a whole. So yeah, so it's amazing to have you on as well. So um, do you want to just give us um, a little overview of your career, Anasu, just to set the scene so that our listeners know how you've got to today, really?
2: Certainly. So, um, so I, I'm a comms and change leader, author and speaker to Australia on a PR very recently, uh, and I'm seeking to get started uh, in in the country. So I've got about 20 plus years of experience primarily in internal comms strategy and execution, including, uh, you know, leading change and transformation for organizations like Tesco, Sabre, Accenture, and Sapien. And my journey has uh, taken me from Bangladesh, my first job in advertising, uh, to... India, where I worked thereafter, and then very briefly in the UK when I spent some time with Tesco, and then moved to Poland uh, before heading over to Australia. So it's been quite a journey, Um, and along the way, I've spoken on four continents uh, on Intel comms. Uh, I've earned a PhD um, in in communications. I've authored three books. I've created online courses, and I've been associated with a range of uh, research publications and universities. To bridge the gap between theory and practice. So that's a uh, because we'll be off uh, my journey,
0: wow. wow. I mean, that I mean, that just does doesn't even do it justice, does it all that all that history and experience in in a couple of minutes is incredible. And I, but i'm I'm keen to know, you know what what is the most kind of momentous chapter in your career? what's what's been most significant or transformational for you personally speaking?
2: Well, I would say it's uh, what's happening right now. Uh, it's, it's probably the most significant and the most momentous. Uh, the move to Australia is pretty significant because of the scale of change. I've, of course, I've moved, uh, you know, geographies. I've moved to Poland, but this is a completely new culture and starting from scratch uh, in a wonderfully, you know, wonderfully welcoming nation is obviously uh, really, really exciting. So I'm very delighted to be in, in Australia and to see how. The next chapter of my life uh, shapes up uh, but um, you know i've always wanted to work with the best uh, in the world and learn and grow in a country that values my talent and capabilities and that's really what i've found in australia because um, in 2015 i was invited um, to melbourne for or to speak at a conference on internal communications and to also conduct a workshop uh, and I really loved uh, the city and I loved the people whom I met, and I, I've been always uh, you know in in touch with most of them uh, ever since. And while of course, uh, I've spent a majority of my time in India working, um, but that has definitely helped build my career trajectory. I believe I can add more value and contribute to places like Australia where communication chain skills are best utilized. So that's what I would see you know as uh, the most significant uh, change in my career.
1: Um, there's a great network that you can tap into there, and I think I think you were part of the IABC there as well.
2: Absolutely, yes. So I've been associated with the IBC since uh, 2006 or eight. Yeah. So I think I've been I've been quite uh, closely linked with them. I've uh, been also a chapter board member in India, uh, and I've contributed to various activities, including webinars. And uh, most recently, I was also part of the um, org redesign task force, which the IBC uh, you know, had, which looked at how to restructure the organization for the future. So, it, yeah, it's it's been a wonderful journey being part of uh, IBC.
0: Mm-hmm. I a, An interesting question just come into my mind because as much as I'm, you know, as I'm um, professing, you know, I'm, I'm in awe of what you've done and what you've achieved. There's there's part of me in my head is going, oh my gosh, I could never be as good as Anna Sue but i think that's a common you know misconception but also a very common thought that many of us have when we look and compare ourselves with other people you know we can look at really amazing careers high status positions people in high status positions and i think that can be a really limiting factor in our own career and personal development as well as our well-being so and that's classic imposter syndrome as i know it <laughs> um so what your advice be Anasu for other people that are potentially in that trap of comparing themselves with other people but wanting to actually get on and really get the best and most fulfilling career for themselves what would your advice be?
2: Well I think uh, firstly I'm humbled that you say that my career has been uh, you know significant but I think I'm, I'm on in the you know journey of learning and I always see myself as a lifelong lifelong learner um so I, I I mean I think when I started my career and I think the the fact that I was in India and in a part of the world where internal communication wasn't really appreciated so much um, was a disadvantage for me uh, because I had to then really seek out uh what are some of the best practices who are some of the thought leaders what's really happening in the world of internal comms on my own without any uh, support or any mentorship or all of that and uh, at that stage uh, when i was exploring intel communications and i had decided that i would um you know dedicated dedicate my career to intel comms a lot of people kind of dissuaded me saying you should uh, you know stick to pr or stick to events or branding and marketing because that'll pay you better you will have better career trajectory and all of that but I stuck to my guns because I was quite passionate about this area, and I knew that uh, I could uh, contribute and add value a lot more. So my uh, uh, recommendation and yes, suggestion would be that you know you need to be very sure about what you want to do with your own career and identify the area that you're um, most uh, passionate about, and then go after that. Uh, like you know, like there's no tomorrow, and I think you can then build a niche for yourself, and you can. Um, then add value to others, and that's really what I have always been. So the focus has always been: how can I add value to others um, without really expecting anything in return? Because I've been blogging since 2006. One post per week was my commitment, and I still do it. Um, and the uh, the real goal is that I need to just get my thoughts out there so that it can, you know, be discussed, debated, and we can, you know, get better at the, at the craft. So I think that's really what I would um, advise. And
1: what drove you to that passion for internal communications in particular?
2: Well, um, the way I looked at it, I, I was always uh, interested in communications or, you know, media uh, all through my school, schooling as well as in college. I was part of the school, you know, college newsletter. I used to be um, also you know participating in literary and debating programs in, in college. So I've been always interested in that area of work and when i started my career i i first started my career in advertising and then i realized that that was a very narrow uh you know uh, spectrum of, of of the entire uh, corporate com world and i wanted to really get into something uh more deeper and understand what uh, what it would be better and i realized that internal communications allows you to um, you know engage with people in ways that um, other domains really don't allow you you can feel the pulse of people you can understand what's going on um, in the in the minds of people and you can connect them with uh, issues and challenges that are happening at the workplace uh, beyond what leaders and managers can appreciate. So I thought that was an area which I could bridge and that's how I kind of uh, decided that I would invest my time and energy and effort into this.
0: Mm. And, and just to add to that, I think, you know, both my, my children, as, as many of, uh, you know, our friends and, and family, we've got kids are uh, going through their career transitions and making, you know, significant career decisions. And I always say to them, as well as to my coaching clients as well, it's about really drilling into what you're good at and what you really love doing. Because I think that's the secret recipe. You know, those two elements combined regardless of what anyone else thinks, regardless of whether people say you're not going to make much money or it's not going to be lucrative, just follow what you're really good at and what you absolutely love. And I think with that advice, you just end up following a career that can then just be really expansive, really opportunistic, because your mind is wired to looking for things that you're naturally gravitating towards. And I think we can sometimes, especially, you know, my sons at, at doing his final year of a levels here in the uk and everyone's saying you know what's your what's your career step next what what do you want to be doing and he's like i could do this i could do that I could do the other and he doesn't really know and i suspect that most of us don't really know what our next step is that is the ultimate truth so if we just go back and focus on what we love and what we what we're really good at doing then actually we're going to have a fulfilling career it's in my view, it's as simple as that. So, Anna-Sue, um, we have to talk about your books. And um, Lisa, don't mention my book. <laughs> Maybe we do mention my book. <laughs> that hasn't yet. Well, I've written 23,000 words, but I think I said that at the very beginning of um, our trailer. You're getting there. You're getting there. I'm not gonna push you on it. It's such smooth <laughs> progress. Um, but we'll we'll come back to tips on for authors, maybe. But your latest book, Anisu, we have to mention that. Um mm. so inclusive internal communications, it's is what it's titled, and it was published in twenty twenty-three. Um so and it talks about um taking your internal comms game to the next level. Um but I'm intrigued from a comms practitioner's perspective. What would your advice be for individuals listening to this podcast to take their comms professional career to the next level? What, what would your advice be?
2: Right. So the, the book which I wrote, I think the, the, the crux of the book is that it shifts the narrative from um, seeing employees as an audience to seeing them as partners of change. Uh, who need to be involved and inspired, collaborated with, and provided the autonomy to be part of comms. And I think uh, there's enough research which indicates that organizations really don't listen enough to employees. Uh, they don't, uh, you know, take their views. They don't uh, involve them. Employees have great ideas, and they are always keen to help. It's just unfortunate that we don't uh, involve them enough. Uh, and, you know, and I think that's really uh, what this book is about is, you know, it's about re- reframing and shifting the approach that internal communicators can take. Uh, and so, my advice is that you know, when we need to think differently about the role and the function, because it can't be a command and control structure and framework anymore. It needs to be more inclusive, or, you know, uh, involve and inspire kind of a model that we need to follow. And that's um, when change really happens. That's when. Um, you can see uh, organizations transform. And so it's really about letting go of control Um, while communicators are the experts, yes, but uh, they may not have, um, you know, all the insights and all the perspectives uh, as much as getting the collective wisdom of employees. Uh, And, you know, when you are willing to listen to uh, staff, when you are willing to try things differently, when you're willing to partner with employees, you know, the results can amaze us. And that's really what the book is about, and that's really what I would advise comms practitioners to take the game, you know to you know, take the, the, their work to the next level.
0: That's 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 fascinating to hear, and I'm not surprised that there's you know you're seeing this shift. Where we're all seeing this shift, you know, as as comms practitioners is this real sense of activation of the employee voice is such a powerful thing to enable. And I think it's been one of those things that we haven't necessarily tapped into fully. So I'm, I'm delighted that, you know, that's that's really what your your book is, you know, advocating. I, or, well, I, I do quite a bit of training for the Institute of Internal Communications. And one of the courses I do is the Effective Measurement and Evaluation uh, course. And in that, I talk very much around connections, not just with their employees, but obviously, you know, with leaders as well, because it's those rich conversations and those rich and deep insights that you can get that you can't just get from a survey. And it's about, it's more than that, though, it goes to the relationship building and the connections, mm-hmm. as well as the awareness and and ambassadorialship that comes with having genuine connections and relationships across the business. And I think it's, I actually see that has been a significant shift since COVID, actually. And I would say that that's more of a uh, cultural shift societal shift even that we're seeing that we are really valuing that sense of community and connection and inclusivity and I really love that side of it and I think as comms practitioners to hear to hear you say that and advocate for that I hope that we see even more a shift of the sense of inclusivity so that we get that deep understanding of one another um, because it's it's going to have such the world of work i mean the hours that we spend at work are the majority of our waking waking days waking hours so for us not to feel engaged and included at work is just that that is just awful to even think that people still experience that when it's so unnecessary so i'm just delighted to hear that what what would you say are some really practical things that people you know internal comms practitioners in particular or even you know communicators in general can do to really activate that though you know what could be some practical steps
2: well I think the 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 first step is to change the mindset of understanding that as a function and as a as a practitioner you're not alone in this journey and as we know most of the organizations have very small comms teams and Mm -hmm. you can't do it alone Um, you need to rely also on the wisdom of uh, employees around you and Uh, One of the ways in which I have done it and I have uh, consistently done it in organizations is to uh, create an informal group of, um, you know, very passionate, enthusiastic, creative employees. And I call it brand council uh, so that, you know, it just gets them to be involved in ways in which they can, um, you know, uh, contribute to. So be it music, art, drama, content, design, any skills that they can bring to the table. And then we kind of brainstorm and discuss ways in which communication can um, be rolled out back to them in ways which which makes sense to them and which uh, makes it easier for them to consume. Um, and so, for example, um, in in one organization where I worked, there was an HR policy which needed to be rolled out, and the HR team, of course, sent out messages and uh, they message, I mean, of course, the, the the policy was about dress code, and people just refused to change the ways of working despite uh, the the HR sending out these communication. And when we reached out to employees, uh, they said, look, why don't we create a video and why don't we have that, and why don't we participate in that creation of the video and share that same message back to employees and let's see how it goes. And I was, uh, I cannot advocated for it. And I said, why don't we give them a chance and let's see how it goes. And that video which was created was one of the most viewed videos uh, across the organization. And the, you know, people suddenly, the HR team suddenly start, started seeing that the policy was getting implemented and people were starting to uh, align with it. So that clearly indicated that, you know, if you involve and listen to employees and give them the platform to do it, you know, things can change. So that's uh, that's really the, the best example I can share of how things can work at the workplace.
0: I mean, that just makes me laugh because, in a good way, <laughs> I mean, because it's a bit... <laughs> gone are the days or gone should be the days when we just push comms out it's much more about bringing things to life and video is a great format for that but I I've done that that exact same thing but bring a strategy to life through videos because people don't necessarily understand exactly what's being conveyed by the written word but when they can hear it visually um you know inspiringly uh, audibly and have then the captions you've got you're ticking all the boxes on on each of the different facets of communication that we can possibly tap into to be able to leverage that and I think
1: it's the bringing it to life piece that's most important Hmm. I think it's that human touch and just relating to people um, at all levels which is what you're doing and I think after COVID sorry my voice is after COVID, I think you're right, Joe. I think that really did bring internal communications and change cu- communications to the forefront um, for mm-hmm. many many organisations. Mm, I've forgotten what our last question was. So, I think going back, and <laughs> I think going back and reflecting on your amazing career, uh, which has been in, in, incredible, um, your journeys around the world, which um, again. Working in so many different cultures, um so many different ways, your free books. what would you think would be one of the most valuable lessons if we can put it into a sort of you know nutshell like that um that you've learned a- a- along this journey that you'd like to share with our listeners?
2: I, th- I think the the lesson I will share is that you know you need to listen to what is being said and also unsaid. um so, you know, I think to be a lifelong observer of human behavior and engagement at the workplace because there's so much going on. Um, for example, not everyone may give you constructive feedback or even feedback. Uh, so they may however tell you a lot through their nonverbal cues or their actions. And that is crucial to, you know, succeed at the workplace to know, you know, who are all the key players out there? What's all the internal dynamics happening? You know, how do people perceive you? Uh, and what are some of the ways in which you can navigate the culture. So I think the ability to just listen to what is being said and unsaid is extremely crucial. So I think that's really what I would share.
0: Mm. Absolutely. And how how do you kind of balance that with actually staying true to yourself? Because we can get feedback, you know, left, right and center. But how do you personally balance that by you know, staying true to you, being authentic and and actually sometimes I would suspect going against the grain of of the feedback. How how do you do that?
2: Well, it's definitely hard because uh, often workplace cultures try to mold you into how they would like you to be Uh, and I have uh, taken most of my um, you know, career uh, opportunities, I have taken the hard uh, stance of moving out of the organization if I believe that the culture is eroding enough. I don't uh, feel as aligned uh, it to my values, and there have been instances when I have let go of um, you know good positions and good brands and you know opportunities to learn just because the fact that the culture was, wasn't really suitable. It was becoming toxic, and people didn't value what uh, what I brought to the table, or they were disrespecting people in my team. In fact, there was a case where um, you know, one of the leaders, you know was um, you know bullying and harassing one of my team members and i raised the issue uh, in the organization i raised it to the highest level i put a hotline um, you know protector line um, complaint but when i when it turned out nothing really happened and then i realized that you know there's a lot which organizations can say what they do but when when it comes to such things if they don't really act on it then obviously the place is not really um, right and that's when I decided to kind of leave the organization. So, yeah, so I think it's really about taking those hard decisions. It may have a temporary impact on the, on the career, but in the long term, at least you, you can sleep well at night.
0: I would just add to that. It's the fact that if we're talking about having a really fulfilling career, working in places that are toxic or where the culture is not aligned or you're not aligned with the, the values of that, that organizational culture, is a real misfit. And that's really difficult to be able to find fulfillment and true happiness as well as, you know, a good sense of well-being. But it's difficult, isn't it? Because I think I hear so many people when they come to me, especially as they're, you know, in that same situation, they come to me and they're like, well, I can't leave because I need the money, Joe." But the truth of the matter is that those difficult decisions, once you make it, are their doors open and I've seen that time and time again, both personally speaking and also for, for coaching clients that when you have that courage to leave something that isn't fit for you and make that decision, that's when other opportunities start to naturally come in. By not making the decision though and, 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 or the de- deciding to stay where you're where you're at, you close those doors. And I think we have to be sometimes very brave and courageous to take that difficult decision when we know you know in our gut in our
1: hearts that actually it's not the right place for us to be I think as a as in my head hunting career as well it's it, it's it's often very sometimes challenging to get the exact fit for the people that you're you're going to be working with um unless you've met with as many people as possible I think that's really important um and I agree with you Joe. and I think it, when people go into roles, if it's not the right thing, they need to stand up quite quickly and, 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 and realise that, yeah, be brave and, and and make that change if they need to. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, it's important to stick to your values at all, point, all, all points from, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And I think you can do the due diligence as you're going through the whole process of, you know, looking for new jobs. I mean, there's so much information out there around organisations these days. You can get a real sense of you know, the the culture and the values from what they share on, you know, social media, you know, platforms, you know, even their company website. But you can also, through the interview process as well, get a lot of knowledge around the culture and ask some great questions through that interview process, because it is a two-way interview process, let's not forget, for us to be able to then actually define, do we want to work for this organisation? How are they treating me through the recruitment process? Yeah. Um. You know my daughter's just been through Um. She's been applying for an internship She's in her second year um, Of university and she's applied For an internship So she's applied I think for like 10 opportunities And it's been Fascinating to hear Her experience of how she's been treated And I'm so Delighted I'm not going to do a spoiler here But I'm so delighted that the position That she was offered so she's She's got one I'm so proud The position she's been offered the way that she was treated throughout the entire recruitment process stacked up and aligned with her values and what she was looking for and and it was just it was it then becomes a, a no-brainer in terms of her making a decision to to choose that um or, or say yes to that opportunity because they treated her so well throughout the whole process so you know i think going back to your point about brave decisions you know Yes, there's brave decisions, but there's also due diligence that we can do personally to make sure that there's that alignment with our next move for sure. Yeah. So, um, what what does twenty twenty four look like for you, Anasu? You know what what's what have you got coming up? What's what's exciting on your radar? Obviously, settling into Sydney.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that's primarily the biggest focus, and I think I, there's a lot to uh, understand about the local nuances and the culture and meeting people, trying to understand that, I think that's going to take a significant amount of time for me to integrate and settle in. Uh, so I think that's what's going to be my focus. But of course, uh, I have also um, committed to speaking at a few you know, forums and you know, there have been people who have reached out and asked me to join some of the the communities. So yeah, I'd be happy to give my time and uh, share my thoughts uh, in those forums. It's exciting.
1: I found it to be a very welcoming city, so I think you'll be absolutely fine and, and um, yeah, it'll be exciting to, to, to meet the people. I think it'll be great. Great opportunity just to do more networking and,
0: as you say, find out more and more about the local people but also people in general. So thank you so much, anna This has been a great conversation and thank you so much for your time. Um, for all our listeners, um, if you would like to... Um, share or like this podcast if you found it of value and of course you know share it amongst those people that you think would really value from the the content and conversations we've had with Anasu today that would be amazing so a final thank you to you Anasu and um, hopefully one day our paths will cross in person uh, hopefully see you at a, a conference or maybe if you're back over in the UK we can catch up that would be amazing thank you very much that was-